Hi, this is uh, Jonathan with the Smart Investing, Multifamily Investing Podcast. And today I have with me a good friend who's also a medical professional, April Poole. Hey, April, how are you? Hey, Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Now, April and I um, met, she was uh, actually the nurse uh, practitioner or the, the PA, the physician's assistant. Um, at my primary care position. <clears throat> and then recently we've talked and she's actually transitioned uh, from that role and into another role and is currently working with uh, COVID-19 patients in the Washington DC area. And so uh, she and I had a, a brief conversation. She's been working back to back like 12 hour shifts, <laughs> almost five days a piece. Am, am I right about that, April? You, you... That is correct. That so, is correct. I wanted to, you know, for someone that I really trust, and again, trusted with my life, um, you know, hear a little bit about, you know, what's going on and some other things that we can do and stuff like that. But before we get into that, you know, you have some pretty impressive background in terms of holistic health and uh, nursing. Could you just talk about that, please? And, and we'll, uh, we'll get into the other stuff. Sure, Jonathan. So I started in the healthcare field back when I was in high school, and I just fell in love with the industry. Um, my thoughts is on helping people to better themselves, better their health, make sure that they have a platform in which they can take control of their own personal um, health and well-being, uh, and not only just stand around and wait for a doctor to dictate to them what it is that they need to do or what they should be doing with their life. Um, throughout my educational career, uh, I did attend um, Howard University's uh, Physician's Assistant Program, um, where I learned a number of, of things. Um, going to a historically Black college, you have a lot more insight as to what people of color, uh, the challenges that they face, uh, not only in society, but as a whole, with the disparities going on in the community, healthcare-wise, uh, systemically, uh, being on the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to having the better healthcare choices in their favor as opposed to other racial groups. Um, as you mentioned before, I did work with a holistic practice who, whose center focus was basically um, healing the body from within uh, they focused on really gut healing and um, looking into the idea that the gut is really where a lot of microbiome, microbiomes, I'm sorry, um, live and develop and basically good bacteria and bad bacteria. And once the bad bacteria take over, that's where a lot of your issues come from, including inflammation, fatigue. Um, other diseases, autoimmune diseases, diabetes, thyroid problems, um, etc. So I basically have learned that it's not just about the medication that you take when it comes to treating illnesses. It's about how you're living your life um, in order to avoid and prevent those illnesses from coming on to your life anyway. So how many years have you been in the uh, in the medical field? You know, you've mentioned since high school, but just how many years? I've worked in the medical field for approximately 25 years. 25 years. And you have any additional certifications? Uh, in addition to uh, 
my additional education, um, I did venture out and get a phlebotomy degree um, early on in my career to make sure that I could stick someone's veins without having to uh, do anything extra and leaving them bruised and battered. Um, I also have gone out and obtained a health coach certification, which is basically helping patients and clients to better themselves with nutritional properties, showing them how to eat right, managing their exercise and stress levels. Um, all of these things form a pattern which can either increase your prosperity when it comes to your health or decrease your chances of a healthy lifestyle. Um, nutrition is very, very important when it comes to regulating your blood sugar, um, managing uh, your, your blood pressure levels, um, skin conditions, eczema, acne, um, managing obviously uh, body fat issues, uh, and maintaining just an overall sense that your body is at a natural and, and homeostatic place where you're not too intense on some things, having frequent migraines and headaches, back pain, knee pain, um, all because of certain processed foods, sugars, and other elements that they put into food these days that really isn't good for people in general but tends to take a bigger toll on the African-American community. And that is what we're seeing. We're hearing, you know, a lot of news outlets are, are really talking about. And that's the reason why I wanted to reach out and talk to you because, mm -hmm. you know, again, I know you personally and uh, as well as professionally. And, um, you know, I feel very, very comfortable with you and uh, your, your means and methods of follow-up. Um, she's a lot more... Uh, <laughs> in my face <laughs> about all of these things when we have conversations. But uh, I, I love it that she's using a professional voice today because that means uh, I, I get a pass for right now. Um, <laughs> but none <laughs> nonetheless, I know that you're working on the front line, you know, with COVID-19 patients. Yes. Um, we've been hearing a lot of stuff about, you know, what's going on in the news. And because, again, I know you personally, what are you seeing right now that's happening? Well, I'm seeing that it's a mixture of age groups. It's not only older Americans. It's not only women. It's not only men. Um, there are people as as young as 24, 25 years old that we're seeing um, who may not necessarily come in with dire straight uh, symptoms that mm. require extended hospital stays and extended forms of treatment. However, depending on those underlying conditions that we were talking about earlier, that's gonna be the factor that plays a role in how well you're gonna effectively come out of this, this issue, um, being obese, having diabetes, um, having congestive heart failure, um, underlying COPD, uh, all these factors play a role in how your immune system is set up and how this virus will attack you. And you know, if, if you're eating well, 
Mm. It goes back to that um, old prophecy. If you're eating well and you're taking care of yourself, your body has a better chance of fighting off an illness that is trying to invade you um, because you have a, a better chance of of having the necessary nutrients, micronutrients, and that built up immunity to fight it off. Got a question. Um, I got a couple of different questions. You mentioned that there you're seeing old and young, if you will, um, where you are in the DC area. Um, but are you seeing in terms of, you know, uh, races that there's a disproportionate number of African-Americans uh, as the news is reporting or, you know, where you are, it's, it's pretty, pretty well mixed. So I will say this, um, just to give an example, Certainly. um, without Certainly. doing too much HIPAA violations or anything. No, we, um, we do not want any of that. We yes. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just yeah. general. Yes. Yeah. Just <laughs> in general. Um, I would say there, there's a diverse mix of patients that come into our facility who and and when i say diverse it's for for example i may say out of out of 10 older people um five of those people may be white um two may be african-american three may be hispanic the the age group varies got it um the hispanic the hispanics may be um more in the younger range the the 30s or 40 range the african americans may be um maybe in the 40s 50 range mm. and the whites will likely be in the 70s to 80 range um and i have a theory on that um, in, in our community, in the African-American community, again, we're, we're faced with a lot of challenges of diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, various underlying issues. So when, just from my visualization, these African-Americans come in, you, there may be obesity. There, yeah. there may be that, that diabetes as some of the underlying conditions, whereas the the Hispanics may come in and they're younger and there is no hypertension or obesity involved and they look really, really healthy. However, um, their living and socioeconomic circumstances mm. provide that they would be in close contact with other family members, um, maybe the community more so. Yeah. And so, that circulated air and that circulated close quarter space that they would yeah. share, um, being a very close knit type of community with each other would yeah. probably go through their community a little bit quicker than it would say the African-American community who's, who's faced with more challenges that they would have. Got it. it so you understand there, what I'm saying? Yeah, there is there. It, there's just a lot of I think um, social, a lot of social issues that compound um, how how different um, populations may be affected in this. And thank you exactly. for sharing that. Um, you know, again, I don't want to go too far in that because again, I recognize you know 
the the privacy things that you yes. have to to deal with. But I want to um, shift from there. I want to ask a couple another question before I get to one of the other things that I've asked you to do today. Um, yeah. You mentioned eating well. So what is eating well? Do you you know you know you're thinking Mediterranean diet, you know something like. Um, you know, uh, the keto diet, because, you know, in the South, eating well is, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. you're, you're high on the hog, as it were, you know, you're eating. Exactly. Yeah. So um, just to touch base on what you just mentioned. Yes. Um, so eating well, traditionally in African-American families, eating well is making sure that you are full at that table, um, and you're not going to go to bed hungry and everyone is fellowshipping and, and everything's grand. That's your macaroni and cheese and your greens and your, your fried chicken. And while that food is very savory and delicious and tastes well done and, and will make you remember things forever, um, it's not the best choices to go into our bodies, especially on a regular basis. Now, I'm always one to say you, you have to practice moderation. Um, when you mentioned keto and Mediterranean diets and um, pescatarian diets, I promote really eating what's best for yourself. The first thing I say is always eat clean. Eat as clean as you can, which means taking out processed foods, um, sugars, unnecessary sugars, uh, and basically just unprocessed calories that you really don't need to be putting in your body. I try to tell my clients to shop on the perimeter of the grocery store. So when you go in, there's the produce, the, the bakery, the seafood, everything on the outer rim of the grocery store is where you want to really focus on where you're going to get your nutritional input. Then if you have to go through the aisles where there aren't any refrigerated sections, there isn't any water that has to keep anything fresh. These are your box things that are going to have a longer shelf life, but they're going to have a lot of preservatives. They're going to be processed. And with that process and artificial flavors and colorings, those are things that you really don't think are going to be effective to you in the long term, but they actually turn out to be very, very disruptive in your, in your nervous system, your immune system. Um, they can cause cancers, uh, a number of other things, diabetes, a lot of things. So it's really important to just stay sticking to your fruits and your vegetables, yeah. rainbow eating, you know, the more colorful your food is, the better it is for you. And if you're going to eat meat, make sure you're eating lean cuts of meat, um, chicken breast as opposed to chicken thighs, which have a lot more fat content. Um, and, and just basically practicing um, treating your body like it deserves to be treated so that it can give you the best run of its life and as many years as you can. Got it. Well, one of the things that, um, you know, I know specifically with my family, um, you know, we are in the process of doing some things so that we all have uh, the proper PPE, especially when, you know, Maryland right now at the time of this recording, um, it's the first part of May 2020. Um, you know, we're looking to get masks and, and gloves and things of that sort for, you know, going back out. I know that 
you know, some family members I know who are younger are, you know, being called in, being called back to work. So we, I want to make sure that everybody at least, and I'm doing this for my family and I'm going to be doing it for the community at large. Um, what is the proper way to put on some of these PPEs? You know, PPEs are, what is, what is a PPE? Let me make sure I got that, that explanation correct. Okay. So PPE is classified as personal protective equipment. Okay. And personal protective equipment varies in degrees, just depending on where you're at, who you're around and your activities that you're doing. Um, so most commonly in society these days, uh, you're gonna use two types of per personal protective equipment. Um, first are gloves and then a mask. Um, now in my line of work uh, in the hospital around COVID patients, we have to use um, an N95 mask, which is a mask that looks like this mask generally has to be fitted on you to make sure that it will fit around your face and there are no openings. So when I started at um, this position, there was a mock mask that they have and they put it on your face and then there's a, a little solution that they'll spray in. And if you can taste the solution through the mask, then the mask is not effective and doesn't fit your face. Uh, okay. um, so it, this is specifically designed to fit your face. Uh, these masks are not washable. They do need to be replaced, um, preferably every couple of weeks, um, but with shortages going on across the country with these masks and other personal protective equipment, um, we're trying to really just get as much use out of them as we can and try to keep them as clean as we can um, without getting them too wet or you know, basically destroying them with water. Uh, there are ways to get them clean with UV light, but again, with shortages and budgets um, across the country dealing with this, that's not always available to us. Um, the Got second it. type of mask, the second type of mask we have is um, just a basic surgical mask. Um, I see that they have these even at the gas stations nowadays. Uh, just so that people can get them. Um, you want to just be careful and make sure that it's a mask that's going to give you at least some protection. Um, this, is, this has a filter in it. You can tell it has filters so that it will filter out um, particles that are coming in. Um, and it also bends at the top so that it can fit around your nose, the bridge of your nose, and conform to your face. Um, these masks, again, do not provide protection um, in a closed situation where you're dealing with COVID patients on a regular basis. So the difference between this one would be you would wear this in a hot zone um, when you're de dealing directly with patient-to-patient -patient care. Um, and then these could be used um, either on top of these masks um, to try to give you a little bit of extra protection, or you could just use these out in the street uh, in your daily use if you're working in a bank or a grocery store or somewhere where you just want that extra added protection um, in case someone coughs or sneezes and you know it's not directly going into your nasal passages. Got it. And then can you show us how to um, say like put one on and properly take it off because 
you know, I see people doing things all kind of ways. And I remember even seeing um, <laughs> another family member recently, we were celebrating, you know, my birthday and, you know, he was eating cake with gloves on. So I was like, uh, yes. So yes. show us how to take, take, put them on and take them off, please. Thank you so much. Okay. So basically, um, as you were saying, you, one thing we have to remember is when you are utilizing gloves, you have to understand that, yeah, the gloves are protecting your hands underneath, but gloves are not protecting everything from everything that you've touched. So with your basic pair of gloves, these are just some nitrile gloves um, with no latex. Um, basically, I just have a box of them and I would just take them out. Um, First, it's important to know the only time I would be using these gloves, a situation would be if I'm going into the grocery store okay. and I don't particularly want to put my hands over all of the products or the shopping cart and, and everything that everyone else has touched. So before I enter the store, not while I'm still in my car, before I enter the store, I'm going to put the gloves on. And this is what the glove looks like here. It looks like a regular glove with hands. So you're just going to insert your hands into the gloves as so, such. Mm -hmm. And you just have the glove on. It's, okay. it's really also important to make sure that your glove fits well. Mm -hmm. um, I wear about a medium-sized glove. If, a, if I put on a large glove, it, it'll be a little a little bulky and it might slide off. Things could slide in underneath, some moisture could slide in. Um, so you want your gloves pretty pretty tight, uh, snug on your hand. I wouldn't say tight fitting so that you, you're restricted. But um, as you can see, there, there's the glove here. And then you would take it and you would put the other glove on. While you're shopping in the grocery store or, or, you're, or you're at the gas station, um, these are when you're going to be using things. Once you are finished right. and you are done doing what you have to do, and the last thing that you're going to do before you get into your car is you're going to take the gloves off because you have to remember everything that you've touched now in the grocery store, on the outside of the grocery store, is now on the, the surface of these gloves. And if you get into your car, you're just going to be spreading it all over the place and you're really not going to have a use for gloves. So the way I take my gloves off is as such. Um, I'm going to take my pinky here and hook right up underneath this glove here and just pull it off of my hand as such. And then take the second hand and just do the same thing and just pull it. And now your gloves are all wrapped up. You have the inside of the gloves on the outside and the outside of the gloves on the inside. And you can just go ahead and just toss these, dispose of them um, as you choose. I don't recommend reusing gloves, especially like this, because okay. again, the contamination on the outside, you're gonna end up contaminating your hand all over again once you try to manipulate this to, to go back on the outside of your hand. So it's really better to just have a fresh pair of gloves and really just use them in situations that you really have close contact with other people or there's multiple people that are around touching things. I wouldn't suggest using them around the house. It's your house. It's just like wearing a mask in your house. It's your air. 
you know, you can just breathe it and circulate it, but just to add an added layer of protection, um, you can use these. If you opt not to use these gloves and, and choose to just put your hands on things, I recommend making sure you walk around with hand sanitizer um, just so that you can sanitize your hands real quick and zap them clean. Because again, your hands are gonna transfer whatever it is you were touching in the grocery store back into your car once you get in there. Got it. So now the mask. Um... Can you show us how to put those on? I, you, you've got two types of masks and want to make sure that we show people how to put them on and take them off without the cross-contamination that you mentioned. Absolutely. So again, um, this is the N95 mask. Everyone doesn't have these, but I do see um, people walking around with them. So on this particular mask, um, like the surgical mask, there are two little hooks designed here, but these hooks are designed to go um, horizontally over your head as opposed to vertically on your ears. So this type here you would um, put over the top of your head and in some instances you could stretch both of these over your head. However, this bottom one as you can see is a little bit smaller than the top one. I don't know if you can tell. So when it fits over the back of your head, it's going to be a little bit more snug and it may be prone to hurting the back of your head after a long period of time. So what I do to put this mask on is I basically just take the top and I put it over my head and you're going to make sure that it's kind of over the top of your ears here so that it's not doing too much. And then with this one, I'll, I'll readjust this one over that to secure it. And so it makes a nice little, little uh, parallel lines here. Okay. And it's snug on my face. On the bottom, it's on my chin. Yeah, I see that. Okay, all right. This is, this is snug on my, on my nose here. And there's no air that's able to get in between this mask. Um, it takes, it, it takes a lot to wear this mask. The breathing in the mask is very limited. Um, when you're on the COVID unit, you have to keep your mask on. Um, so we, we find that we can get a little bit of air sometimes if you can just kind of take off the top, but it's very important not to be in an area where you're exposed to the, to the virus or you're gonna run the risk of contaminating yourself. So just, be, just keep in mind that this mask is, it's not the conventional mask that you would normally wear for a long period of time. If you're out shopping and you don't have to wear it in a professional setting, okay. um, because it is kind of, it, it, it's constricting and it, it's very hard to breathe. Um, however, I, I saw how you took it off. I saw how you took it off. I took, yeah. So you, you start with one, you don't just pull it off of your face. You start with one and then you, you take it off from the bottom and then remove the other one from your head. That way you're not really touching the outer part. of Why the mask. not touch the outer part? That's the key. So the outer part of the mask would be considered to be a hot zone. This is where all the bacteria, the, the virus is coming through and it's it. being, it's a barrier here and it's not going into your respiratory system. Got it. So if, if you can, it, you could take a, a wipe and you can kind of wipe out off the front of 
the mask to kind of keep it clean. But again, you don't want to saturate the mask because once you saturate it and it becomes wet, then it's going to not be effective anymore. Got it. Okay. Okay. So um, this is that first mask there. Now, this surgical mask, mm -hmm. um, this is how they come. They come flat. And again, there's a portion down here that's just fabric. There's a portion up here that has a, a small uh, metal little bendable fold here. There's two ear pieces and the design of the mask has folds in it um, with the filter so that it can stretch over your face to your desired comfort level. Mm -hmm. So how you would put the mask on is you would take both of the ends here, put it over your face, secure it behind your ears, take it and put it down here under your chin, and then you can just, with your fingers, kind of gently conform it to your face. And if you see here, it's very similar to the N95 mask of how the two lines are on the side. It's just not going behind my head, it's just behind my ears. On the side here, you see that I have coverage. There's not really a lot that's gonna be in or out. And I can breathe. It's, it's a lot less daunting than trying to breathe through this mask. It gives you a little bit extra um, uh, means to, to kind of get your air out and get your airflow in. When you're taking the mask off, you just do undo it from your ears as such, and then just take it down like this. Um, these masks can be used, reused again and again. Um, you want to stop using them when you feel like they're dirty or they develop an odor. Um, again, usually I would not wear these in the car um, because it's just your air in the car, unless you have a compromised individual in there, um, a, a grandmother or someone with some immunodeficiency right. um, that you don't want to really directly breathe their air or have them breathe in your air, um, then I would do that. But for the most part, um, I, I see a lot of people walking around outside with masks on. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about that myself. After okay. wearing this mask for 12 and 13 hours straight, I, I just really want some fresh air sometimes. <laughs> so I, I will be outside and not put on a mask, but I definitely adhere to the rules um, when I'm in uh, yes. stores um, and, and spaces where they require you to wear a mask. Um, and I do have this mask that I put on and just kind of go in and out of the stores with, so. Could you hold, just pause one second. I want to show you one other thing. Okay, so I have uh, myself a mask. I went online and purchased, you know, it's a cloth mask. It doesn't have a filter as it were. There is no the bendy, stretchy type thing, um, you know, um, metal, if you will. And so, um, you know, if I'm out and about uh -huh. and using this, is this, you know, enough for me to go into the store with, if I'm going to work with, or should I upgrade my mask as well? Okay, that's a great question. So with masks like that, they're not gonna provide you the best protection against uh, COVID-19, the flu, um, the common cold or anything like that. Okay. However, those masks will satisfy Safeway, 
the the CVS. You know, they're they're not really um, going to be on your case about what type of mask that you have. Uh, they just want you to adhere to the rules of covering your face. Um, with with that being said, these what? masks. These masks, as opposed to a cloth mask, is still going to provide a little bit of coverage for you. You're still going to get that filter, and, and if someone sneezes three feet from you, you're still not going to directly have those organisms going into your respiratory system. So I wouldn't say um, just get rid of that mask. It's not effective. Still wear that mask, but just know that you don't have the filter of this mask. Got it. So there is another mask that I've been looking at, and I'll I'll get that. And uh, it looks like this still, but there is a filter that you can put in. There is also yes. another one, so you can put a filter in there and have that extra filter, and then you can just wash the exterior one. Um, you know, it it appears that when we go back to uh, interacting with people, the new normal will be that we will always have to have masks. And my thought process is. Um, as you change your undergarments, you should change your mask. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So what we're doing, you know, in our families, we're setting up a little uh, store. We're doing some negotiations so that we can purchase a lot of these um, PPEs that you've given us, et cetera. Um, one last question. You had mentioned that you don't put your gloves on in the car. Why not put them on in the car before you get out of the car and go into the store? Just well, my my personal reason on that is when i when i get out of the car instead of putting on the mask i'm i'm still going to be touching things in the car on the outer side of the car and everything like that you want to kind of keep your exposure to covid or any other nasty little pathogens as much of a minimum as you can um once you once you step into the store that you have to consider that your hot zone. So just before you step into the store, the gloves should come on. Um, the, I, I would even, even though I have gloves on, most grocery stores have the wet wipes there to wipe down the, the carts. I would still do that um, before even touching the cart because again, you're trying to run, you're trying to decrease your risk yeah. of any other pathogens going home with you. You already have your your gloves on and you're touching cans yeah. and produce. So the the likelihood that you're touching bananas and everything people are going to bet that you're going to go home and you're going to wash your produce and everything and not just eat apples out of the grocery store. So, so should we, uh, that's a good question. So another tip for people who are watching and or listening, um, if you're in Walmart uh, and well, you, if you don't have gloves, uh, I suggest going to Walmart, go to the auto section, go to the auto section and there are gloves that are there, the black gloves. Uh, I found them as low as $2 and 47 cents for 20 gloves so yes. um that should go. be affordable yeah that is a that is affordable but again um i want i want to just reiterate to your listeners that if you do not have gloves and you're not in the situation where you can get gloves or they're not available to you make sure you have some hand sanitizer with you because that's always going to be your second line of defense if you can't wash your hands thoroughly and you don't have any gloves to protect yourself against everything on the outside beautiful beautiful, beautiful. well listen um 
Wow, you've given us a lot of information <laughs> uh, to digest. I'm certainly getting this out to my family and I hope that our listeners are potentially gonna use some of this information. Maybe they've learned something that they didn't know before. Uh, again, uh, is there anything else that you wanna share with the listeners around uh, health fitness and, and, and just protecting oneself, et cetera, as we're in this time? Because as we understand from uh, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Briggs, you know, come fall, there will be another, you know, we'll have the common cold to deal with, right? As well as another resurgence of this coronavirus. So there may be some things that we can do now to help us to, to whatever it is that you have, it'd be great to hear. Absolutely, Jonathan. So I, again, reiterate nutrition. Um, focus on making sure that you're hydrated, you're eating your fruits and your vegetables. Everyone doesn't like them, but it's really a good time while everyone's home to explore different, different recipes, different foods, uh, different condiments that you like with the foods. Um, really focus on getting out and walking. The air is so much cleaner. You know, there's less traffic. Um, today looks like a beautiful, day get out on a bike trail with your kids and just go out and walk have a have a good delicious dinner um, and lunch healthy healthy foods that are is going to bring abundance to you um, it's really important to just cut down on the sugar and I right. think a lot of people don't realize sugar is not just candy bars and sodas it's pasta it's rice it's a lot of starches and if you're sitting at home just saying oh well I'm eating great I'm you know, I might have a tuna sandwich every day, you know, if it's not a, a tuna sandwich on lettuce and you're eating bread, then you're kind of defeating the purpose. Um, another thing that I would suggest is, uh, just before we go, um, a lot of the, the things in the grocery store these days are gone. You've got uh, toilet paper gone, you've got uh, meats gone, you've got all kinds of things gone. Your chip aisle is, is empty, You're, all these aisles are empty. One thing I see that's still full is vitamins. You've got to increase your vitamin intake, vitamin C, um, echinacea, things that are going to keep you healthy, your, your B12 vitamins, your vitamin Ds. Um, you have to make sure that your body's being taken care of, especially if you're not going outside regularly and absorbing the sun's vitamin D. You've got to supplement that so that you can take you know, control of your immune system and your health. So um, I would definitely say everybody get up on a vitamin regimen um, and start getting your immune system healthy for this fall. Cause like you said, the colds are coming, allergies are coming, the flu will be here. Right. Um, we have a lot of things coming at us. So the better you prepare your body, uh, the better off you will fare in this nonsense. Understood. Well, listen, thank you again for, you know, your time. I know you, I'm interrupting your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know we'll see each other, you know, at some time soon, but uh, please take care of yourself and um, uh, thank you again for everything. All right. Thank if you, you. If people need to get in contact with you, how should they get in contact with you? If they, if they want to reach out and ask a couple more questions, what do they do? Absolutely. You can reach me um, via email. It's april.pool75 at gmail.com. And um, I'll be more than happy to uh, give you any insight or tips or point you in the right direction if you have any questions about anything that you just don't know the answers to or you're looking for some um, clarity on. 
Yep, and that's april.pool. Pool is spelled P-O-O-L-E e. at yes. gmail.com. Seven. We'll make sure that it's in the description for anybody else who wants it. Uh, again, thanks again to April Pool for sharing with us some medical insights uh, from the front line. Uh, again, this is being recorded as of early May of 2020. Um, all the best to everyone. If you need anything, please reach out to myself or April. We'll see what we can do to get the answers for you. Thanks.